Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. TNA Wrestling, Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 160 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Gunning Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley in Dallas. <clears throat> it is the go-home show before Destination X 2005. How are you feeling? Wow. Bob, I am feeling so freaking good right now. Another pay-per-view. It feels like just a few weeks ago we watched one. Because we did. And it's just super exciting uh, how often these are happening to break up the the pace of watching weekly shows, which are also good to watch and very enjoyable. So even if we were just watching Impacts, I'd still be having a good time. But it's nice that every few weeks here, we get to watch a epic three-hour event, as they keep calling them. Extravaganza. Uh, eventually, I'm... I feel like they got to drop that because they're just all that. <laughs> uh, but this is another exciting one full of stipulations. And that also makes the show a lot more fun. Um, and really, I kind of think all the matches, I don't know if I haven't pulled up here, but uh, they kind of all feel like there's a, a, a purpose to them. Well, I would say most of them. You know what I mean, though. Like there's at least some sort of backstory with pretty much all of the matches that we're going to be seeing at Destination X. Uh, I mean the Hardy Abyss one. They've been they've been feuding for a while now. The National Outlaw. I assume we're calling them the Outlaw. They just said that on Impact. Um, their feud is just we brawl with each other because the people that are fighting each other for the title were friends with them. Yeah. So we were gonna fight. I'm cool with that. Ultimate X is always exciting, no matter what. Monty Brown and Triton, dude. He's been standing at that edge of that ramp and looking at him. In the shadows. Yeah, he's looking at him intently. Right. And how could we forget, dude? Team Tracy, Team Trinity. We've been waiting for this match for, it feels like, six months. But it's happening at Destination X. It was supposed to happen on the pre-show that I could not find for Against All Odds. However, it's happening on the show for Destination X. And then the bull rope match. I'm doing the whole freaking card, apparently. But, I mean, plenty of stuff to look forward to. So, yeah, I'm really excited, nonetheless. Yeah, uh, I am as well. Of course, we are mourning the loss of Frankie Kazarian, who has decided yeah. to uh, to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he left us. Potentially WWE. It's pretty crazy. So he's been such a mainstay up until this point uh, in our watch-alongs here. Yeah. So... That's a bummer. Yeah, well, unfortunately uh, for him, I guess, uh, he'll be back. Yeah, and then he goes to do really great stuff, and now here in 2023, he has signed another Impact deal. So he's back again. Yeah, and you think that he'll maybe be uh, Impact World Champion someday? Oh, yeah, I'm predicting before the end of the year, I'm I'm thinking he's going to be champion. 
which is uh, pretty good. We'll find out. Um, we have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about this week, as we teased and teased last week, uh, including a Chon Waltman update, a, um, a redone segment. We're going to get right into that one in just a minute. And then um, we'll be talking about Michael. Yeah. If you're wondering who the heck is Michael. If you don't know who Michael is, you might want to listen to our last week's episode because Michael Shane is Michael. I'll probably mention that, I believe, during the show. So um, I just to hold out for a little a little something, something that might be happening. So, uh, which is not a big spoiler by any means. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that one I'll probably be holding on to. But let's talk a little bit about last week's show. Uh, let me find my note. Here it is. Okay, so, and this kind of goes right into the... The, the segment that was retaped and all that kind of stuff, because this is his normal uh, taping breakdown. Uh, so they had another full house of 800 people, but actually only at first. So, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Well, um, a really hot first hour, but after a lengthy delay, a lot of people left before the second hour started. Uh, so... We might notice that on the taping that we're about to watch today uh, on the March 11th episode because it seems that there are some delays and all that, and so there might be less people. Uh, well, it started out in the beginning of last week's episode. Dusty Rhodes brought out Apollo as his new Latin star, getting the Hector Garza spot since they couldn't get Shocker in. So it seems that Apollo is replacing Shocker, who is a force famed from the McDonald's commercial. Uh, which is apparently how we found him. Do you do you think they're gonna do anything with Apollo this time around? No, because like I feel like I mean they tried this kind of in 2002 when we first were starting off, like oh the young Latin star, and then mm-hmm. he was gone, and then he came back under a mask and won the tag titles with D'Lo for about a week. Yeah, I didn't like that, so I'm not expecting anything crazy to happen, but I guess we'll see. How long do you think it will take before he loses to Jared on Impact? Less than two months. I think that's fair. <laughs> you know they're... Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Apollo is still under contract to IWA in Puerto Rico, but he's actually moved to Florida. Now, IWA gave him a release where he can work for anyone he wants to, but he can't sign a contract with them. And Victor uh, Quinos still owes his merchandising rights. Uh, so he's living in Florida and working at a regular job and will be working TV here as well. Uh, WWE wouldn't sign him because they couldn't sign him. <laughs> he couldn't do the contract. And didn't want to use someone not under contract to them. Right. Um, we've also found out more and more as the weeks go on that the Naturals, Chris Candido and David Young uh, are here forming an underneath heel group. So they're all starting to be buddy buddies. Um, as well as we saw Naturals and Chris Candido kind of be buddies with Jarrett. Now, uh, they did a segment twice because of a problem with the brawl the first time. Okay. Now, at first, it was Dusty, Trinity, and Tracy holding the broken cello and calling out Jeff Jarrett. Uh, DDP also came out. Uh, Jarrett came out with the outlaw. So, of course, Billy Gunn is no longer the new new aged at 41, is what Dave says. 
So he's just the outlaw now. Um, it's also noted that uh, Larry Zbysko and Tim Daggett, who is the uh, Tim uh, Tim Welch acting as Jared's lawyer, uh, were also there. Uh, it ended up uh, where during the Jared DDP situation, uh, Three Life Crew would be uh, out there to keep anyone from interfering. But Chris Candido and the Naturals will also be out there. So this is what they're saying for, I think, Destination X. Now, the second time they did this segment, they did it without Zabisco and Daggett not involved. Mm-hmm. They, they just, like, weren't there. And actually, I do think there might be... Let me just double-check here. Because that's, like, the quick version of that. But I thought I had a longer-form note about um, this this happening. So I'm, uh, here it is, right here. So... Um, the reason that the first segment of Rhodes, Jarrett, and DDP, Zabisco, and Tim Welch was canned was twofold. First, apparently Tim Welch took a bump before Rhodes even came near him with a bionic elbow. <clears throat> and then Rhodes was so mad, he picked Welch up and hit him with a second elbow. Also, Jarrett was supposed to hit Zabisco with the guitar, but the guitar didn't break. Uh, not sure why that's Zabisco's fault, but they ended up retaping it, and they wanted to change it up so that the live fans wouldn't see the exact same thing. So they got rid of Zabisco and Welch. So that's why the segment that we saw ended up being a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has a. Let me scroll back up here. Uh, after that whole situation, uh, we saw Styles pin Kid Cash to keep the exhibition title in what was said to be the best impact match in months and said to be pay per view caliber. Even though both Daniels and Hoyt interfered, Styles kept the title by um, countering the moneymaker into a cradle. I got to agree with that. It was a pretty good impact match. Uh, yeah. And I think if you put that on pay-per-view, it would have been just as good. Yeah. Uh, he also doesn't cover the rest of the card, so just really quick. We saw Chris Sabin defeat Michael in four minutes and four seconds. Chris Candido on the Naturals defeated Mikey Batts, Petey Williams, and primetime Elix Skipper in three minutes, 35 seconds. Dustin Rhodes defeated Eric Young in two minutes, 59 seconds. And then that main event went 16 minutes and 24 seconds. So pretty, pretty good overall. Um, so on to Sean Waltman a little bit here. Mm, boy. Dave, Dave says that he's not sure what's up with Sean Waltman because, but he wasn't used. Um, as noted last week, Waltman was really mad two weeks ago that he wasn't used on TV and he ended up missing that court date and probably has a warrant out for his arrest in California because he stayed for TV. Uh, Jerry Jarrett spoke with him, and his attitude was, you're being paid for the date, so don't worry about it. Uh, he was upset again when he got word ahead of time that he wasn't going to wrestle on this taping, although the presumption was that he'd be used on TV. Dave says, I don't even know if he was at TV and not used, which would be a ridiculous waste of money because he's probably getting $2,000 per show. Obviously, there's a lot of skepticism of Waltman and his track record in recent years, and then being scared that he wouldn't even be able to perform at the pay-per-view. Others argued that at the pay-per-view, nobody cared about Billy Gunn's running, in, but the place went nuts for Waltman's, but Gunn is being pushed and Waltman is being forgotten. And then I do have another part of that as well. So it's pretty interesting how they, uh, they're they like, well, we like Waltman better, but he's we're just not going to use him. Uh, I, don't, I don't. My dog apparently really likes Sean Waltman as well. Well, she's voicing her displeasure about Walman not being used over uh, Nin. Right. Um, so my other my other little follow-up note here about Walman, and this is like, I'll just say it, 
I'll, I'll, it's kind of a spoiler if you expected to see him on today's show. I'll just say that because it, we just need to we just need to discuss what's going on with Waltman here, I guess, right? Yeah. So well, Sean Waltman was flown in uh, at the last TV, paid, um, and he's one of the highest paid guys in the company. Now, this note, by the way, is from a separate observer, so if it kind of repeats a little, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but nothing was written for him on the show. It has been noted by many how Gunn got a very disappointing reaction while Waltman got a huge reaction on the pay per view, but one was dropped and the other was pushed. So we just mentioned that, of course. Uh, Waltman did himself no favors when he showed up injured and was in a wheelchair the morning of the pay-per-view. We did discuss that a few weeks ago as well. And they had to send Conan and some others back to the hotel to get him to the arena as they were afraid that he wasn't coming. So I don't know, man. I just, I have a feeling it, it feels like it might have been a one-off. It just doesn't seem like they want to trust the fact that he'd even be there. Yeah, I know, but like you brought him in for a one shot deal and he outshined the guy that you're going to use regularly. Mm-hmm. I think so, you got to at least give it a shot, right? Uh, that's what I would think. That's how I feel about it. I absolutely think that. I guess we will see what happens as we move forward in this, but I, I just got a bad feeling about it. I hope I'm wrong. I think I think the time she's been here, it's been kind of fun. I, I had no complaints about it. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have any complaints either. I like I like Shaw Waltman. I have one, two, three, kid. X-Pac. He's, uh, he's entertaining. Right. Um, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, on to some couple other things here. Uh, the TNA Impact on... February 25th was down to a 0.16 rating, while the um, February 26th replay the day after did a 0.27. So once again, that replay is getting a pretty high rating compared, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, you want to laugh real quick, Mom? I'm always down for a Dude, laugh. I read this and I said, Bob is going to get an absolute fucking kick out of this one. Dave says, not that I expect anything to happen out of this. So he knows nothing's going to happen. But discussions have been opened between Jeff Jarrett and, yes, it's the one you're thinking of, The Rock. Now listen, there's more. Jarrett initiated contact this past week, and The Rock told Jarrett he's interested in talking after his schedule gives him time to breathe when he's done promoting Be Cool. So far, things have been described as can't be more positive as far as The Rock being cordial to Jarrett, although nothing specific has been talked about. <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Could you imagine? No Picture way. this right now. Picture this right now. Let's just, we're just going to push it to fall. Okay. We all know what happens in fall time. Yeah. Uh, it's the biggest show of the company's uh, time, you know, it's, it's bound for glory. We're just saying it. And now just imagine in 2005, <laughs> the rock versus Jeff Jarrett for the NWA title at bound for glory. And Jarrett goes over and Jarrett goes over. You're damn right. He would, <laughs> or if not, he wins it back a month later at fucking uh, victory road. Yeah. Um, uh, dude, that... this was so funny to me, but it's something that, is interesting because it's like if this is actually a discussion that was potentially about to happen, it makes you think. Like, what if? Well, the only thing I could think of is that The Rock gave them a courtesy because you know Memphis is the first place that he went to and trained and 
the same kind of thing that um, Sting was kind of doing, really. Right, right. Felt like maybe uh, he owed it to him. Right. Um, but I can't wrap my head around TNA like offering him money. Now, here's the thing. they Panda Energy could absolutely afford a ridiculous contract for The Rock. You know, let's say The Rock was making $5 million at, at WWE. That's probably even on a low end for his peak years or whatever. But let's say you're like, hey, we'll pay, we'll give you five million for for ten dates, right? Right. Panda Energy itself could afford that because Panda Energy is a multi-billion-dollar fucking company. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I I just can't see that ever happening. Pretty if wild, he, huh? If he were to come in, though, I mean, there is so many matches that would be great. I mean, he could have a rematch with a Nin. Dude. Uh, outlaw. There, there's a rematch there. You have uh, Monty Brown, Nation of Domination reunion, or, you know, reforming Nation of Domination. You have Abyss. It's basically can. So you could just have that showdown. There's some um, potential there, man. AJ Styles and The Rock. You know. David Young. Continue the losing streak. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, I mean, it, if The Rock were to have gone there, you know what's sad? It's like, I don't even know if it would move the needle. It probably wouldn't have. Because like, I don't know if people would know that he was even there. Right. There's people now that, you know, when there's a Facebook thing about Sting, people are like, Sting was in TNA. I know. It's crazy. It's like, guys, he was there longer than he was in WCW. Like, what are you talking about? But It's crazy. That's... Um, yeah, I got a kick out of that one, though, dude. And I thought you would as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's see what else I got for you. That's probably one of the funniest things I was going to tell you today, but... Um, there was an interview with TNA's David Sahadi, who worked with WWE for years. Um, and he publicly here noted the firing of his father, Lou, from WWE. Now, this is an interesting note because you're probably wondering who gives a shit about Lou. Um, and I don't know who Lou is either. But uh, basically, Lou was a well-known writer who did ghostwriting for autobiographies of many of the star athletes and wrote for numerous sports magazines, including wrestling magazines, dating back to the 60s. Uh, so he's pretty he's been in the company for a long time. Now, David noted in this interview that after the deal where TNA filmed the skit with the WWE personnel filming the Royal Rumble commercial in Orlando, that WWE overreacted, threatened to sue, which they never did, by the way, and complaining. They ended up complaining to Universal. Uh, David said that he received hateful emails from WWE employees and expletive uh, laden phone calls uh, from so-called friends in the company. Uh, he didn't mention names, uh, but Dave note he says that he believes that it was um, I'm gonna butcher his last name because I fucking suck at saying last names. John uh, Jaburik. Yeah, the tough enough guy, tough enough fame. Yep. Um, now four months later, the company fired Lou, um, which everyone is believed to be a fallout over this incident. And apparently, he's worked on and off in the company for nearly 50 years, dating back to when Vince Senior would give him money for favorable coverage of in magazines and mainstream press. So, uh, interesting 
nonetheless that this happened and um i thought it was just an interesting note to bring up hey tell titus here he went out he's 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 fine i know i'm just joking i'm just joking okay, yeah, okay. Well, our dogs bark. our dogs just can't freaking stop at least he doesn't bark or anything yeah yeah well if i could control that i would um so uh anyway i thought that was interesting um, so for whatever it, this is worth, this is a different note. Uh, TNA officials were under the impression that Roddy Piper was just doing WrestleMania and that he would be returning to TNA shortly after that, uh, which Dave says could wind up happening like that. But if it does, it's probably because WWE just doesn't want to use him any longer after seeing him. Uh, and I'm bringing this up because, remember, Piper is kind of supposed to be like an authority figure. Remember, he's like the enforcer of the championship committee. Oh, I didn't think that as an authority figure. Well, he's in the championship committee. He is? I thought he was considered. He's like the enforcer guy. <laughs> I don't know. That, that really? I mean. I don't know, maybe I misunderstood it. No, nah, I mean the enforcer, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I took it. Maybe not. But regardless, Piper may or may I not I didn't be realize back. that he had a regular role in TNA. I thought he just showed up to. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. But I guess it's better than Terry Funk, who's like, "Yeah, you can just use my name." That yeah, that is an all timer. That is I, a great. Yeah, like, that's good. Hey, shit. I, I'm not gonna go, but you can just like, use my name. Yeah, I like it too. That's some good shit. That's amazing. Um, last week we talked about, well, essentially we talked about one night stand a lot, and but hardcore homecoming as well. Um, there's an interesting note here where uh, Paul Heyman was brought to the office, WWE office, by the way, not TNA. Uh, Dave says he believes on February 23rd and asked to be involved in this ECW pay-per-view after all. So there must have been rumors of him not being involved in this. Um, This likely stems from the idea that Shane Douglas is doing his own show with ECW stars the same weekend. Tommy Dreamer has told people that Heyman will be part of the project. Um, And you're probably wondering, Dallas, why do you keep saying this? Well, Heyman came with a list of people he wanted on the show, which included people under contract to TNA. Contrary to reports, at this point in time, WWE is not interested in using TNA talent on the show, nor have they made any approach to TNA for such an idea. So Paul Heyman was like, there's some TNA guys I want to use, and WWE is absolutely not. Uh, who, who do we think? I mean, Raven probably, right? Raven, maybe Kid Cash. Douglas. I don't know, man. They they had a beef, so I don't know if Oh Heyman and him then? Oh yeah. Hmm. Uh who else? Is it ECW people? I mean Raven's gotta be the biggest one. I would have to think so. I'm trying to see who else I can't think of. I can't think of anyone else who would be under contract that they want to use. That's why I also say Douglas, though, because it's like, who else is there? I don't know. Maybe Heyman would have been able to put his beef aside to try to invite him if it was a possibility. Would he want to use? No, he wouldn't want to use somebody that wasn't there. No, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I mean, who else? Sabu's not under contract. No, that's what I mean. So I think it's interesting. So yeah, it's probably like one one person, two people. Um, yeah, I mean, 
what I, I would be curious about with, with the Shane Douglas one because so many guys are in WWE have ties to ECW. So you're really scraping maybe a little bit mm-hmm. aside from like your funk and your Sabu and Raven Sam. I mean, I, I feel like you wouldn't get a lot of ECW guys that were there towards the end. Right. So you're probably going to rely on your like pit bulls and whoever else. Yeah. From like the mid nineties. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess we'll find out what happens. <laughs> too cold Scorpio. Right. Um, I'm going to give you two more notes because um, I just don't know where they're going to tie into the show. And then we'll get we'll get uh, going in here. Uh, this is actually one that, Bob, you're probably going to mention eventually mm-hmm. uh, because it's an indie thing. Mm. Um, All Pro Wrestling, best known for its 2001 King of the Indies tournament mm-hmm. that was a huge money loser but had some of the most incredible action of the year and led to the formation of ROH the next year with the stars of that tournament, held its 10th anniversary show on March 5th at its garage in, yes, at its garage in uh, Hayward, uh, where people uh, like, and then he lists a bunch of people like Crash Holly, Spike Dudley, Mike Modest, Donovan Morgan, uh, Bison Smith, were there, or where they started, excuse me. Uh, but there were some TNA wrestlers that were appearing on the show, such as AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, the former TNA wrestler Frankie Kazarian, and Tracy Brooks appearing. It's also noted that Styles and Brooks were not even announced ahead of time, and that there were uh, that there are people whose judgment that he, Dave says he trusts, who said that the St- AJ Styles versus JJ Perez uh, match did a they did thirty minute match that was apparently off the charts. With J.J. Perez? Yeah, who he notes is a small but very solid worker. Why do I feel like I've heard this before? So, apparently Styles is killing it all over the place. Well, are we really surprised by that? Absolutely not. It's fucking A.J. Styles. Uh, if you're wondering if that match is on YouTube or anything, the answer is no. There's no AJ Styles. JJ Perez. Can't win the all. shot. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Um, and finally, before we get into the show here, uh, the rumor among wrestlers that Dave says he has spoken with is that Dusty isn't getting his way on the title switch and Jeff Jarrett is going to be leaving the pay-per-view as champion. Hmm. This should not really be a surprise, I feel like. But uh, Dave says, I guess we'll see. Uh, but most are pretty convinced that's the case. As the story goes, Rhodes told DDP that Jeff was finally getting strong heel heat and they were happy with him as champion and all were in ag- agreement to uh, now not to make a move. If that isn't a swerve, and as noted, there is zero trust anyone in much of anything in management saying that Rhodes lied to, since saying since Rhodes lied to talent about Abyss, I can only think uh, it's amazing how much the powers wanted to believe something is so. Uh, it basically clouds what is so obvious to nearly anyone paying attention. They don't even realize that the undercard is keeping people coming back, uh, though they aren't interested in the main events and not how it usually is. The good part is th- of this is because it is the undercard that keeps people coming back. Dave says he doesn't see that the title going to DDP or staying with Jerry either way is going to make a difference in the big picture. Well, the first thing that crossed my mind was that there was going to be a swerve. 
something that uh, we do like a good swerve, bro. That, that TDP would be the one to that TDP would win it. So we'll see, man. I'm Jesus Christ. She don't want DDP to win it either. No. Um. Anyways, that's that's all the notes I got before we get into the show here. Uh, I'm very excited about it, and so is my dog, who I'm going to go on mute while Bob kicks us off. All right, let's uh, check out the March 11, 2005 go-home edition of Impact Report Destination X. The approximate runtime for this is 44 minutes and 21 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus, or you can find it in your own personal collection. I'm going to count down from three. And I will say play, and that's when you're going to want to hit that play button and enjoy some TNA action. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. Okay, so dust, we're getting the highlight of uh, the DDP Jarrett segment that was retaped. <laughs> He's saying he put police around the ring. I think it's funny that the the uh, what's his name, the lawyer guy, Tim Daggett. Yeah, that he um essentially pre-bumped for Dusty's elbow and he got on pissed. The elbow. Yeah, that's great. And then there's this massive brawl. And yeah, so they're saying here, which I think we forgot to mention, but they're surrounding the ring. Essentially, it's going to be a lumberjack match, really, it sounds like. Oh, that's official? They said it on commentary during that, um, like, Three Life Crew, and then Dusty said, I got the police, which I think he meant, like, Three Life Crew. So it does sound like it's official that there are going to be people around the ring. Oh, that you just know some bullshit's gonna happen then. Oh yeah, I mean, you might as well have everyone that's gonna interfere ringside. I mean, Jared's gonna <laughs> have people run out in his title matches anyway. I mean, just yeah. what happens, dude. Save the save the mileage. You know, just be right there. And here we are in the impact zone. Less than eight hundred apparently in this round because people left after that first hour. So you know, I've been listening to the Laps fan. And they're doing like TNA, TNH, total nonstop Hogan, looking at the Hogan era. And let me tell you, Dallas, you need to listen to it. It's fucking great. I hear it's really good. It's so good. I'm going to go back and listen to other ones that they've done because they're, they crack me up. The Hogan impersonations, brother, 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 <laughs> you got to roll me up, brother. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. I believe yeah, I the title, brother. Um, but uh, they had a guy on there that <clears throat> went to a bunch of Impact Zone shows. Mm. And uh, I was just thinking too, like if I lived in Florida, I'd get, I would definitely get that Disney the pass, or whatever. It's like three hundred bucks. You you get like priority for like the TV sh- tapings, and like you'd have to get there early for pay per views and shit. But I was like, dude, I would have so been there every fucking day. But think about how cool it would have been. Oh yeah, dude. Would, I'm telling you, it would have been great. Uh, we got a pretty big match, it looks like, here, Bob. Uh, Abyss just came out, and here comes Raven. Yeah. Um, Abyss, prior to uh, this appearance, he 
I don't know if I mentioned it before, but he was in IWA Puerto Rico, where he was uh, oh. one time he teamed with Glamour Boy Shane, losing to Cruz and Ricky Banderas on the 19th of February, and then the next day he teamed up with Banderas to, to defeat Glamour Boy Shane and Hangman Hughes. Bob, I might have spoken too soon because here comes Cassidy Riley, and it looks like he's got a partner coming out. Who's that? Mikey Bats again. Mikey Bats. So well, okay, Riley's I looking lied. for uh, revenge on the broken fingers. Right. No, it totally makes sense. I just I didn't realize. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I'd be choosing Mikey Bats as my partner though to get my revenge. Well, it's oh, interesting because Raven just knocked Cassidy off the middle rope into the guard railing, so he's probably out. Uh, there's one indie note here for Raven. He lost to Balls Mahoney on February 26th at UXW Genesis, and that was for the UXW Heavyweight Championship. Fun, fun. Uh, Mikey Bats has some stuff here, too. Oh, a roll-up. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. I thought it was that, brother. Clothesline by Raven. Uh, Mikey Bats on the 26th of February, he won the NWA Florida X Division Championship in a six-way when he defeated Drell Clark, Johnny Vandal, uh, Vandal Mikey Tenderfoot, Nefatali, and Cedric Strong in Brandon, Florida at Rage in the Cage 7. Hmm. A couple of Russian leg sweeps into the guardrail by Raven on Mikey Bats. Abyss and Raven, quite the uh, tag team. Yeah. It says the outlaw at the bottom of the screen, Bob, so it looks like it's official. He's dropped the new age part. No note why. I can't imagine. I'm surprised they can still use the outlaw. Mm, That one I'm not as surprised You don't think that's market confusion? No, not as much. I think they should think of a better name. I still think that Nin, Mr. Nin, so Mr. Ass, Mr. Nin. Cassidy Riley going right after Abyss and Raven uh, just did a drop kick on him. That was unlike oh, him. Oh, no. You know what he should be? Uh, dude, Billy Buttocks. Holy crap. That would be hilarious. Come on. The thing is, like, with the, his character, he could have, like, a goofy name like that. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Abyss just pressed slam Mikey Bats to <laughs> the floor. Yes, not on someone. To the floor. He took like a fucking straight back bump on that. I can't believe they just did that. Going for the shock treatment on Riley, but Riley slipped out. Oh, oh black hole slam. That should do it for Cassidy Riley. And that does Whoa, dude. What a two minutes and 19 seconds that just was. You know what, dude? Mikey Bats takes that bump, then Raven's like, let me also put the ankle lock on you, as if he really needed to do that. Are these guys coming for the gold or what? (laughs) Yeah. Holy crap, dude. That was crazy. Do you think they could pivot to a Raven Abyss tag team? Fucking yeah, they could. Did you see how good that just was? Yeah. They just destroyed. AMW against Raven and Abyss. That could be fun. Jeff Hardy's up on the screen. He's standing on something again. Probably on a building. He's saying, where am I? He's He's calling Abyss. Abyss, you ain't nothing. Come on. Come on, Abyss. 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 You're not nothing, Abyss. Come on. Come find me. Come on, big man. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Where do you think I am? Let's go, big man. Abyss. That's literally all he's saying. He just keeps doing that. Oh, he is on something. Shed? 
Yeah, it looks like it. Why didn't they just put the video on the fucking screen? Who knows? They're like filming the, the Tron screen. You couldn't even tell what's happening. We're in the ring with Mike Tanay. You think Diamond Dallas Page says it's his time. I have a Diamond Dallas Page interview note that is pretty interesting, which I think he's about to bring out. Wait. He's bringing out fucking Jeff Jarrett. The longest reigning champion in three years. He's held it since June. Oh, my God. He's the master of Planet Jarrett. Um, So I'll read this interview quick during Jarrett's entrance. Uh, DDP was far more open and honest than most athletes would be on the subject of steroids in an interview on the Major League Baseball home plate radio show on March 8th. Major Baseball home plate? What? Yeah, the radio show. What is he on a baseball podcast for? Well, that's because... I have a reason why he was on it. See? Uh, It was hosted by Ron Dibble, and him and uh, Paige actually went to Iraq together last year to visit troops. So that's how they have the connection. And he brought up... um, So Dibble brought up Jose uh, Canseco's book and how he, uh, in this book, encouraged people to use steroids, saying if they are used correctly, there's no side effects. And apparently his his career showed that that is the case. Um, Diamond Dallas Page agreed with the statement and said that he would also encourage use. Uh, he said that he's never used large amounts of steroids and always cycled on and off and never had any problems. Uh, he said testosterone shots has kept him staying young, and he thinks he will always use them in moderate amounts. Uh, he said that he was regularly tested in WCW, and the testing was 10 times harder than in baseball. Really? Yeah, so pretty, uh, pretty interesting comments there. I don't think I've ever heard anybody in WCW game busted your steroids. So how hard was that testing? That's a good point. I mean, you look at that roster, I mean, they're all they're all doing it. Dusty's jealous. He's never gonna wear this title. Everyone in the crowd's jealous. Everyone's jealous. Remember, this is real heel heat, Bob. Yes. Look at today in the background. He's like, no, no, no. I buy it. Nobody will beat me. Crowd's chaining DDP. They're yelling, take the title. I think. Try to strip me, try to suspend me, try to do everything in your power. Just try to get DDP the title. It ain't going to happen. Dallas! We got history between me and you. Kimberly Page. (laughs) Mike, today. (laughs) It's time. DDP stealing Vader's... uh... Yeah, I don't. It's really weird to me. It also just doesn't fit. Like last week, he was trying to get the crowd to chant, It's time. Yeah. It's what? It's It's time. Vader comes out and fucking kills him. (laughs) It's 
Brenda, Todd, I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> D D. Wait a second, wait a second. I, someone just goes, hey, Jarrett. And then all of a sudden, Jarrett goes, shut up. And then DDP's music hits. So I think he was already talking. There he is right there. Does he have a microphone? With? Yeah, he does. He's going through the crowd, through his people. Diamond cutter signs everywhere. Shots of testosterone flying through the crowd. Did he come through the crowd at like in WCW? Because like I don't remember that. Um, not really. I mean, I think a couple times he did. I know he usually left through the crowd. Maybe that's what. Okay, maybe that's what they're kind of playing off of then. The crowd is saying, shut the hell up with DDP. Wicked loud. Right. Now it's time for him to say, it's time. See, here we go. Here we go. If you think it's time for Jared to shut the hell up, tell say, it's time. It's time to listen to me. Day, day, pay. The only reason that DDP came to TNA is to kick your ass, which is actually kind said, of funny. He should because, have said to kick your ass. Yeah, he definitely should have. Actually, I think he should. Um, they, it's funny because that's not why he came out of retirement. He actually came to attack Raven and oh. to finish that business, but it's fine. We haven't been watching for the past three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's what? Uh, it's time. time. He's blaming the guitar for messing his neck up while he was retired. I don't know if I'd draw attention to that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> What's it time to? The guy next to him goes, yeah. kick your ass. Right there in the six-sided ring. Oh, you will feel the bang and fucking like pyro just went off. It sounded yeah. like. Hmm. I mean, I think it is time. <sighs> uh, I think that was fun. I'm definitely over this whole Jared as champion thing. We gotta like, we gotta freshen it up here. Um, yeah, I actually like that better than last week because there wasn't a fucking brawl for no reason. It was just it's time. Wow. It's time. And it's time will be at Destination X in just what two days? Look at this, dude. AJ Styles joining Mike Tanay and Don West at the table. He's showing off the guns. He's got the title laid out. He's official Ely in the Ultimate X Challenge. That was a qualifier? Well, because if he lost the title, he would have been out. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Daniels and Sabin is up next. Huh. Wait, something's going down in the office of the Director of Authority. Trinity and Tracy. 
They're both they're wearing, saying that their team is going to be victorious. They're, hey. they're wearing the same clothes from last week. No, they're not. Oh, yeah. No, they're not. They were wearing white. Trinity? No, Trinity, had purp- nope, Trinity had purple pants on. Wait, hold on. Listen to this segment real quick. You know me professionally. Wait, Michael Sh- Michael's on biz- here for on business. I'm the reason TNA's on the map. Just, okay. He said, can you find me at an appointment? Oh, there we go. Put Matt Bentley down for an appointment. That's what I've been waiting for because... Matt Bentley. So, let's chat. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, that's a development. So, last week he was Michael, and now he's officially... Matt Bentley as Chris Saban, or sorry, uh, Christopher Daniels comes out. Um, well, he the story about him changing his ring name to his real name, Matt Bentley, is because, like we've said before, thank you to our friend Lance, is that Mike Shane trademarked his name in pro wrestling several years ago, and he didn't take action on it for years for whatever reason. Uh, Dave says, I don't know. But he sent word to TNA that he now wanted Bentley to stop using the name. That's amazing. Um, he kind of goes on to say, as Saban makes his way to the ring here. I think it's because he went to WWE. Probably. Sure. Um, those close to this issue believe it's more of him trying to stick it to TNA than any problems with Shane. Now, if you recall, Mike and Todd Shane were NWA Tag Team Champions when TNA crowned its own Tag Team Champions. Uh, so they essentially didn't do it. Uh, they hired the Twins and gave them the Johnsons gimmick, these yeah. giant penises, holy throwback. Yeah. Uh, which they uh, and virtually everyone else hated. Mike Shane contacted TNA and asked Michael Shane to stop using the ring name before he starts on WWE TV, which is the plan, which as of this week's plan will be after WrestleMania on the Raw side, although that could change many times in the next month. So, yeah. So I think it happened a lot earlier than we were expecting. I think you and I just discussed very recently that, well, when is it going to be? And uh, here it is. It's official on March 11th, 2005. Matt Bentley. I don't mean, I don't hate the name Matt Bentley. No, I actually don't either. Yeah. Saban and Daniels just on fire kicking this match off. We're not even a minute in, and they've already gone a million miles an hour. Yeah, Daniels with a quick clothesline. Now, this is a qualifier as well, or no? I don't know. STO. I didn't hear it yet, but I'd have to think whoever like if if Saban were to lose this, I can't imagine that he'd then be in the Ultimax challenge. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. I agree with you. You gotta last all the way to the end. It's it's made for who was in the best shape. Daniels with a chin line, but he's getting elbowed out here by Saban. Clubbed at the back. Chop. Styles reminding us he's been in the heavyweight champion division before, and that doesn't change nothing. Atomic drop and another elbow by Daniels and some stomps. Over a cover, only gets a two count because Mike Posey doesn't count fast enough. 
the Ultimate X Challenge, March 13th, Destination X. Oh. Daniel's going for a cross body, but got drop kicked in midair. That's right. He wants a shot at the X Division title. Look at this replay. Boom. Drop kick right in the middle of the chest. Oh, spinning back fist that messes. Standing Huracarana, though, by Saban. Saban's so good. So freaking good, dude. Step up in Zaguri. One, two, no. No, he didn't get three to an eight. Three minutes into the match. Saving going for a tornado DDT. Tossed off. Uh, we are officially 20 minutes and five seconds into this show. Daniel sits a, like a ST, standing STO. Slams him down. Oh, is he going to do it? The BME? He didn't yell it, though, so he's definitely not going to hit it. Moonsaw ever misses. Yeah, he didn't yell it. Oh, uh oh. oh. Was, didn't Saban win that way before? With that roll-up? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Kick to the midsection. Cradle Shack. Posey's in the way. Oh. It's like, why not? Oh, wait, but I like how they did that. They didn't knock him down, but then Daniels kind of yeah. grabbed him. Angels oh, wings. That might do it. Yeah, I think that's it. Wow. It's the wing. In less than four minutes. Whatever. It, there you go. They're saying Daniels is in, so it must be yeah. Saban is not. Oh, Daniels is the fourth man. Who else is it? Do we know? Yeah, who, I don't know. Oh, here's Nin. Oh, there's Conan. Oh, Conan. Hey, man. Oh, shit. Nin goes, speak English. I don't understand that language. I never liked you. I never <laughs> he goes, you were. He calls him short, and he says, from where I'm standing and not looking that much... He'll eat him up for lunch like old-fashioned coleslaw. And Ryan Killington BG pulling Conan away from Nin. And now Nin is trying to take BG James. Oh, he says, don't touch me. Leave this alone. What were you talking about? Dude, we're, we're kind of putting something in between three life crew. Yeah. Deception within the group. Deceit. Here comes Sonny Siaki. I think everyone knows the history. Uh, Bob, we got some bad news. Uh, the loss of TV in New York is back in the news, and that's because um, Time Warner Cabral has been working without a contract under the old terms of Fox Sports Net New York, as well as the Madison Square Garden Network, for some time. The Outlaws officially hit, he's about to have his first match right here on Impact. I'm surprised that they'd even bother doing this. Just wait till the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think so, too. But, yeah, basically, this is, like, that classic story of, like, Time Warner Cable. Wait, are you, you hear something? What's happening? 
Yeah, his music is such a knockoff of uh, Mr. Oh. X. No, I, I see what you mean. Uh, but yeah, this is like the classic, they're, uh, the contract thing where you, you you get like the letters in the mail that are like, we will not be carrying this channel anymore. So it uh, sounds like in New York, there might not be uh, impact because of Fox Sports now. Here we go, dude. The Outlaw, his first match against Sonny Siaki in Impact. Is, uh, is he ever not in good shape? No. I don't remember a time that, yeah, that he was ever not in good shape. I got to catch up on my uh, indie notes here because I forgot to discuss them for the last mm. match. But Billy Gunn, also known as Nin or the Outlaw, back on March 6th, lost to Chris Hamrick in a match for the CAPW Unified Heavyweight Championship in Cleveland, Ohio. And then on March 10th, Billy Gunn defeated Shane Madison for AWE. Uh, let me go back to Saban. Back on March 12th, he defeated Ricky Reyes for Pro Wrestling Gorillas, the Ernest P. Worrell Memorial. And then Christopher Daniels, he lost to Kazarian at the APW 10 Years in the Making, Garage Rumble 2, that uh, the show you mentioned. And then on March 12th, Kevin Steen became the number one contender for the PWG title when he defeated AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and El Generico. Wow. See who else was on that APW show. Anybody? Oh, any other interesting matches? Oh, I guess you just said AJ Styles and JJ Perez. Yeah. That's about it. Look, dude, join us 30 minutes prior to Destination X at 7.30 Eastern for our live free countdown show featuring matches and interviews on your pay-per-view preview channel. I was hoping it was going to tell us what there was, but I actually have a note about it. I was going to tell us at the end of the show because that's kind of when we're wrapping up. Delayed vertical here by the outlaw. He could have kept him up there for 15 minutes if he wanted to. Nope, up and over. Siaki, backstabber. Siaki pull off an upset right before Destination X? Probably not, but it's worth a shot. Chops, punches, chops, and punches to the outlaw. Heel kick. Clothesline by Siaki. Forearm by Siaki. Uh oh. Famous, sir. Drove him down to the canvas. And the outlaw with the clean win. Wow. Wow. Interesting. No disqualification this Sunday. It's the payback match. Well, good for the outlaw with the clean win. Now we're back to uh, Dusty's office. Is that that's Dustin Rhodes and AMW? Oh, oh. Dustin's getting handsy there with Tracy. And Harris with Trinity. Yep. Although Trinity seems to be more welcoming of it. Right. Here's Team Canada. Hey, sweet cheeks.
What do you got over here? A bunch of Kentucky Fried Idiots. They're more wanting a fight, I guess, right now. Storm's taking off his hat. Here's taking off his sunglasses. Okay. Okay. Trinity was going to get in on that too, or what? All right. Who is this? Buck Quartermain and Lex Levette? Yep. Okay. This is good because uh, recently um, when I was working on doing like some social media stuff, you can follow us, by the way, at Cross the Line TNA on Twitter to see all this great stuff. But I, um, I was starting to get these two confused. Because they're both, like, bald, tall guys. Yeah. Um, I had to, like, keep looking at the card to make sure I wasn't typing the wrong name. <laughs> That's a relief. Oh, and here comes Tracy. Oh, God, Bob. Oh, that means that the hair's great. Ron and Don. The Disciples, Big of, R. The disciples of Destruction. Coming out with motorcycles. Great. Is it The Undertaker? Is that what? American badass. There's the Spanish announce table right there behind him. Heavy D and Big R. Now, these guys haven't wrestled as a team in TNA in like two years. At least. Which is fine, by the way. I know. I mean, I don't think anybody's really complaining about that. Uh, as a quick side note for you, Bob. Uh, apparently, you know, I know we just mentioned that Shocker is not is essentially being swapped out with Apollo, but mm-hmm. it is noted that there are still plans to bring Shocker in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, I believe Ron is in the ring with Sidewalk Slam on Levette. Yes, Lex Levette. Also, since I really hate um, these two, I have, I have my one more note for you before our final at the end of the show. Um, so there's a note from the uh, March 8th SmackDown taping in Roanoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so JBL and his camp and his cabinet came out with security guards, one of whom was TNA's Sanjay Dutt. Really? And uh, Dave says, I can't believe TNA doesn't have him under contract, but Dusty hasn't used him in a few weeks, and he as he's cut back on X Division guys because Dusty doesn't believe in it that much. So Dutt is another guy, not under contract. Wow. But he was used as security on this episode of SmackDown. Oh, there's the H bomb. And you'll also be glad to know that C.W. Anderson was also used as a security guard, and he ended up taking John Cena's spinner belt. That's just a fun little bonus. He ended up taking what? John Cena's spinner belt and said that it was an insult to the title. C.W. Anderson took the belt? As a security guard. Uh, Pi Delta Slam is beating the crap out of the Disciples of Destruction here. Oh, they missed the splash. Okay, that dude's pants is falling down, though. And then they get, and then they just run away. Okay. 
if there's something I'm not looking forward to at Destination X, it's this match. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I bet you it'll is, be short, though, so. This is their first, like, direct interaction on TV even, isn't it? Yes. And the I mean, first I, time we've seen Team Tracy at all. Right. But then, I mean, like, I guess Tracy and Trinity. But then now here they are in a segment not yelling at each other. Yeah, bad placement. It's Kevin Nash in the office with Dusty and Tracy and Trinity. The Korean assassin. We are 31 minutes and 42 seconds into the show. What are these two talking about? Anything? Wait. Nash wants it a step further. Cause and effect causing tape is causing what? First blood. Whoa. Are we about to do? Wait. Daggett is going to arrest Dusty Rhodes. He's suing Dusty for damages. And he's with uh, the outlaw here. Wait. It's a tape fist match now? First blood tape fist match now instead of just no disqualification. Tired of woman's eyes, fear in a man's eyes. Don't mistake fear for hatred. Dash goes, first blood, baby. First blood. Uh, I actually like that stipulation. I think that's kind of Why does Outlaw even hate him? I don't even know. We'll never know. Well, I don't see Kevin Nash losing that because, you know, he has a Hollywood career. So. Ooh, dude. Probably not going to cut his Well, fork. he's another guy that I think we were talking about recently of, like, how often have you ever seen him bleed? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, never. He, like, doesn't. Chris Candido, David Young, and the okay. Naturals. David Young looks to be in the best shape of yeah, his dude. entire life. Whoa. He looks I like great. The, the blue tights are nice, too, that he's got. Yeah, he looks really black. good. He's fighting Shark Boy. Oh, my God. Now, the figures. David Young going to get in shape, and then he's going to now lose to Shark Boy on impact. No, I think he's I think, winning. I think, think this is? is his win. Yep. No offense <laughs> uh, to Shark Boy, but. Shark Boy has some stuff here. Back on March 8th, he lost to Rory Fox in an HWA heavyweight championship match. And then on the 12th of March, he defeated Carlton Kaz for NEW in Shelbyville, Indiana. That's fun. I uh, did Shark Boy. Yeah, this is funny because now they're both wearing blue. And David Young never wears a different color. And of course, they put him with Shark Boy. And the one time he tries to wear a different color. Yeah. Shark Boy laying in those right hands in the corner. But look at this. Atomic drop out of the corner. David Young is thinking. High knee. Oh, going for the neckbreaker. Running knee and then a neckbreaker. Yep, that gets a two count.
Jay Stevens up in the apron. And look, Candido grabs Shark Boy, but he moves. Oh. Knocks Candido off the apron. Neckbreaker by Shark Boy goes for the cover. Oh, see, dude, we just missed it. The X Division, the Ultimate X Challenge is just at the bottom of the screen, and there's still question marks. So we could have tried to figure out who was the other person. Oh, damn it. Oh, he's playing his butt. That's great. Taking a bite right out of David Young. Off rope. Ducks David Young's back up. Ball comes back. Wheelbarrow? Nope. Bulldog by Shark Boy. One, two, kick out by David Young. Oh, DSD. Nope. Can you hold his foot? Yep. Young was able to get off. He caught him. Spine, Spine buster. buster. One, two. Oh! David Young can't believe it. He just won a match. Clean. Well, kind of clean. Clean enough. You know what? Candido having a little army of guys like the Naturals and David Young, I could get behind this. I like it. Look up the... They're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl, just like the Eagles, 34 to 27, 2023. Absolutely incredible. He might have the Midas touch. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, good for David Young. He's got himself in some great shape, and he gets a clean, relatively clean win over uh, Shark Boy. Maya Brown matching uh, Don West on commentary. They both have red shirts. Yep. Maya Brown showing off the guns. You know, how long do you think it took Maya Brown to put that shirt on, you think? <laughs> well, given that it looks like it was literally painted onto his skin, you had to take it a few minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're going to see Trite in here. Oh, I'm sure of it. Do you think when he had to take it off, he just ripped it off because he said, screw it? You had to. You have to. You got to get a new one. You just call him Hank Hill. Is that a King of the Hill reference? Yes, it is. He's saying he's not the King of the Hill. The mountain, the alpha male is. Yeah. Well, here we go. Uh, Lance Hoyt. Oh, Lance Hoyt in action. With Kid Cash. Or is it both of them? No, Cash, no, is, Cash is in jeans. Kid Cash. Again, kid. Oh, okay. That's Apollo. Yeah. The returning Puerto Rican star from IWA. He's never been here before, but he's got a chance tonight. Yeah, he's never competed in a TNA ring before. Nope. It's a new network. It's a new uh, new history. The bell rings. Lance Hoyt still's got a couple inches on him. I feel like Apollo and Siaki should be a tag team. Why not? I actually was kind of just thinking that too. So just for reference, Bob, we haven't seen Apollo since the nightstick on a pole match between 
actually, ironically enough, Dallas and Kid Cash when he, they defeated D'Lo and Gran Apollo on April 28th, 2004. Yeah. There you go. I guess so these I would two leave, have history. I would leave the area too after that. This was just, I believe, one week after losing the tag team titles to them. So there's definitely some heat here, man. Clothesline by Apollo. Um, as we know, Apollo originally or previously was in IWA Puerto Rico. Uh, his last match there, he teamed up with Slash and Venom, losing to Bison and Ray Gonzalez back on February 5th. Oh, Ve- Slash Venom is Flash Flanagan. Well, there you go. That's an OVW guy. Mr. Flash Flanagan. Bison is also known as Bison Smith. Oh, he was good. Side uh, slam. slam. Fire weight. One, two, kick out. Apollo is the real deal. So Monster Brown really hyping him up here. Who better? Who better than Conrad? I stress the words try. You try to make a statement, but it's not going to work. This is a very uh, exciting match. Yeah. We're across the 40-minute mark, though. 40 minutes, 40, 50 seconds. <laughs> Back elbow shot there by Hoyt. To drop Apollo. They're talking just a lot about Triton. I'm sure this match is going to be a no contest because of Triton. I just, I just so? got this. I just got this weird feeling. I think Apollo's going to win. It's his return match. No or contest. Dusty's World. It's a debut. He's going to Triton. I can't wait for Triton's debut match. Guys, just in two days, we will be covering covering Destination X. It's going to be freaking great. Two days. I've been more excited in my life. I can't wait to get past it, because then we're counting down to one of my faves. Yeah, isn't that like six weeks later? It is a little bit longer of a stretch. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> but I'm really excited about it. Oh. Right hand there by Apollo. The power! He delivers a kick to the chest, and then Apollo responds with a strike, but then he gets knocked down and gets a two count for Hoyt. Ooh, a nice chop at the corner. Woo! I would just rip his earring out. Screw it. Just tug it. Apollo chopping away on Hoyt. Clothesline by Apollo. Another clothesline. Just drives Hoyt down to the mat face first. Kicks out at two. 
This is what TNA is all about right here. I don't know about that, Monty Brown, but. That's something you say during the game. Oh, could catch on the apron, gets knocked down. Oh, and Apollo just kind of slaps him. Stunner. That's a three. Okay. I feel like that's too close to a diamond cutter that we probably shouldn't be doing that. Oh, uh-oh. oh! The lights the are lights out. The lights are out. Who turned off the power in the impact zone? Monty Brown says, if this is Trey, gonna, and he's got his spaceship. see his shadow again. Yeah, he's running. He's away. not there, dude. I'm getting sick of this. So Monty Brown like, looks. He's going to be like right behind him. That's what I was thinking. Monty Brown going up the ramp. Look, he's trying to go into the tunnel. There's lots of uh, smoke. He's like, come on. Look in the ring. <gasps> Bob, out of nowhere, Triton is in the ring. With gold. Lo- this is how we're ending the show. You got to be fucking kidding me. Right. That was probably the dark match for that taping. Was Mario Brown against no, there's him. no dark matches. Okay. Um, well, besides that end part, I thought it was a fine episode of Impact again. Yeah, I do too. That that was a bummer of a main event. Uh, hey, I do got one. Uh, like I said, I kind of have one final note where Dave kind of gives us the lineup. So why don't I read that since we're going to be discussing it anyways. Um, so he says this is the lineup of the March 13th pay-per-view called Destination X. So, of course, we know the top two matches are Jarrett versus DDP for the NWA title. And then I don't think we were really officially told it, um, but it's going to be AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Ron Killings versus Elix Skipper in the Ultimate X Challenge match, which is interesting, but I'm I'm excited about it. It's kind of nice, something fresh, something different. We'll see. Uh, We also have uh, Kevin Nash versus The Outlaw uh, in the... Essentially, the tape fist, the first blood match now. We just heard that, which is exciting. He doesn't even have that written down. We have the Jeff Hardy versus Abyss, Falls Count Anywhere, the final assault match. This says Falls Count Anywhere in Universal Studios. I don't really, I think that's just, that's information we don't need. Right. Uh, Dustin Rose versus Raven in a bull rope match. Monty Brown versus Triton. Pi Delta Slam, which is Trinity's team versus the Disciples of Destruction, which is Tracy's team, the winner. Getting to remain sleeping with Dusty in storyline. That's what Dave has written down. <laughs> um, as things stand, there is, so this is not official, but as things stand, there was planned to announce an America's Most Wanted and 3 Life Crew versus Team Canada eight-man tag team match the day of the pay-per-view as a late addition. Now, they are just simply advertising those people as on the card at this point, and apparently Johnny Devine is actually injured. So it could just turn into a six-man. Uh, he was apparently at this TV taping on crutches. So I don't have quite too many details about this injury. There was also two pre-show prelim matches that will air free for the cable station that carries the pay-per-view, which will be Chris Candido and The Naturals versus Matt Bentley and Buck Quartermain and Lex Levette, which poor Matt Bentley. What an awful team. And then Kid Cash and Lance Hoyt versus Cassidy Riley and Jarrell Clark. 
so uh, there's not really anything exciting. Now, Dave does pick an interesting point, though. He says, I wouldn't like to be Chris Sabin after having killer matches on recent shows and not even making it on the prelim matches. Which is a really great point. That Sabin's nowhere on this card. Right. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, there's probably no way for us to watch this pre-show. And honestly, this one is a lot less exciting than uh, it seemed. I thought that the last one was going to be. Because I thought it actually had like storyline stuff involved in it. But... Um, so, yeah, we probably will not be watching the pre-show. I don't think... It, I, I cannot find these pre-shows anywhere. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think that... I mean, I think that was everything. All the big stuff that was announced, at least. I guess, lo- looking at the card, there is technically one other match that we will be watching. But we will... We'll see that next week. Or, sorry, two days. <laughs> two days. Um, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to some Destination X. Uh, seems like a pretty loaded uh, card. And like you said, uh, all the matches pretty much have meaning behind them. Or so, stipulation. So, I mean, or stipulation. And I'm a sucker for stipulations. Dude, there's so many on it that it's it's going to feel it's going to fly because it's like, oh, we got something cool going on in this match, too. It's going to be grid time. I'm really excited. In two days. Two days. You don't got to wait a week. Two days. Destination X. That's right how here. You, you can start your Monday. That's right. Start off that work week, listen to Dallas and Bob, watch Destination X from 2005. Yeah. So until then, for Dallas Gridley, I'm Bob Downey Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.